The FBI destroyed former National Security Advisor Michael Flynn's life for political purposes, according to new documents that have been released years after the fact. And for some reason, the mainstream media that colluded with the bureaucrats to trash the general don't want to run the story. Yahoo News spreads lies straight to the president's face, which is unwise when you're dealing with Donald Trump. And even that story about the poor, confused lady who was convinced by Trump to feed her husband fish tank cleaner to stop the coronavirus turns out to be shady, all of which brings up an important political reality. All news is fake. Some of it's true, but all of it's fake. Then power-mad politicians get crueler and crueler with no end in sight, and finally, the mailbag. All that and more. I'm Michael Knowles, and this is The Michael Knowles Show. All news is fake. Even if some of it is true, all of it is fake. How is that possible? We'll get to it in a second. But first, I've got to thank our friends over at Rock Auto. If your car is having trouble, Rock Auto is a godsend right now, isn't it? Because a lot of places are not exactly open. And even if they were, rockauto.com's catalog is unique. It's remarkably easy to navigate. It's so much better than going to brick and mortar. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear. So it goes up and down and there are all these gimmicks. No way. So if you happen to need a Delphi FG 1456 fuel pump assembly for 2005-2010 Honda Odyssey, let's say it costs $354 at a big chain store. Well, at Rock Auto, you can get it for $217. That's just one example. Head on over to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Knowles in their How Did You Hear About Us box so that they know that we sent you. The biggest fake news story of at least the last year. It's hard, Well, there was impeachment, so I guess maybe it's tied with impeachment. But certainly the biggest fake news story not directly involving Donald Trump. And we just found out about it yesterday. Michael Flynn. Do you remember Michael Flynn? He's been out of the news after they, after they scalped him through the mainstream media. Michael Flynn was the incoming national security advisor when Donald Trump got elected. Then we heard that the FBI found out he did something with the Russians and foreign governments. And we don't know exactly. And it's all very vague. But anyway, he's out of his job and he's going to jail if he doesn't cut a deal with the government. Turns out it now appears that the FBI set him up and they didn't just set him up to nab him for some wrongdoing he did. They set him up for political purposes. This is according to handwritten notes, which were just released. So the FBI investigation, they, they had these various goals into Flynn. Flynn was coming in as the NSA and he had spoken to some foreign officials, including some from Russia. This is back, don't forget when they were pushing the, the idea that the Trump administration was colluding with the Russians. They used the Russians to rig the election. Obviously, we found out that was based on absolutely nothing. And ironically, we found out the only group that did collude with the Russians was the Hillary Clinton campaign in the Democratic Party, which paid a foreign operative with ties to Moscow to uh, set up Trump with that fake steel dossier. All of that's ancient history. And it's going to come back, but we'll get to that another day. Specifically here, we're talking about Mike Flynn. Because Mike Flynn, 
he's a private citizen, but he's about to become the national security advisor. So he's talking to people from foreign governments. And the FBI decides they're going to get him on this for a violation of a 1799 law called the Logan Act, which no one has ever been successfully prosecuted for, uh, but it bars private citizens from negotiating with foreign governments. So that was one goal that they had in dealing with Flynn. And that was absolutely ridiculous. I don't think anybody ever takes that seriously. Then the alternate goal was to get Flynn to admit to some wrongdoing in talking to this foreign government or to catch him in a lie. So far, so good. Okay. Because uh, even though it's pretty shady, law enforcement does this all the time. Either they get you to admit to doing something wrong or they set you up so that you lie and then they've got you and they can prosecute you. That's not even the biggest problem. The biggest problem here is the last little part in the handwritten notes. They say, a key goal of the agents investigating Flynn was, quote, to get him to lie so we can prosecute him or get him fired. This is the big problem. Actually, a lot of the reporting on this right now, which is only being done in conservative outlets, it's focusing on the idea that they're going to try to catch him in a lie. But law enforcement does that all the time. Is it ugly? Is it ugly when it's an incoming administration that law enforcement is targeting? Yes, of course. Is it is it even shocking to our democratic sensibilities? Yes. But it's this or get him fired. The FBI did not want Michael Flynn to be the national security advisor. They had pro- political problems with him. If it were that he committed a crime and they want to get him, then okay, prosecute him for it. But get him fired is just more evidence of what we've seen from the very beginning, which is that the FBI bad actors in the DOJ and the FBI were interfering in the political process in this country because they didn't want Donald Trump to get elected president because they didn't like his politics. They didn't like him personally. We saw this in the emails or the text messages rather from FBI agents, Peter Strzok and Lisa Page, those adulterous deep state agents. We saw this from the very beginning, right? You saw text messages from people at the FBI and DOJ saying, we won't let Donald Trump become president. Don't worry. We've got an insurance policy. And so this is no, it's no surprise. I guess it's just a surprise that we now see the documents. And now it looks like Michael Flynn will either have this case dismissed or he will be pardoned by the president, which he should. It is out outrageous. Uh, from Flynn's lawyer, the government produced to Mr. Flynn's stunning Brady evidence that proves Mr. Flynn's allegations of having been deliberately set up and framed by corrupt agents at the top of the FBI. The government has deliberately suppressed this evidence from the inception of this prosecution, knowing there was no crime by Mr. Flynn. Probably the first place you're hearing about this is either on this show or maybe on a conservative website. You certainly have not heard about this first from the mainstream media because they're not covering it. They covered the baseless allegations. They covered the absolute corrupt setup, uh, you know, the, the FBI line, the DOJ line. They covered that ad nauseum for years. But the exoneration, they don't cover because all news is fake. Even the news that is true is fake. President Trump illustrated this point uh, just the other day. He was uh, giving a press conference. He was sitting with Governor Ron DeSantis of Florida, and a reporter was insistent 
that the numbers, the data were so much worse than Trump was suggesting it was. Then it turned out, guess what? Yahoo News got the data wrong. Mr. President, overall, South Korea has done five times more tests than the U.S. per capita. Why is that? I don't think that's true. That, that is true. And you I said this morning that the White House said the U.S. passes South Korea in virus testing. Who are you with? Uh, Yahoo News. We'll be looking at this. So do our Yahoo gentlemen. I just want to make it clear that um, South Korea's testing was 11 per per 100,000, and we're at 17 per 100,000. Are you going to apologize, Yahoo? That's why you're Yahoo, and nobody knows who that you are. Go ahead. Let's Based go, on the Jim. numbers I've, I've seen, that's, that's why not... nobody knows who you are, including me. Go ahead, Mr. President. Just, just check to... it again. Okay. You want to get your facts right before you. Well, we have had we have had fourteen. Okay, well, your facts are wrong. Uh, uh, well, no, but based on the, the numbers that I had, which are uh, obviously completely fictional and just came out of my imagination, uh, it, it turns out you've done a terrible job, Mr. President. Yeah, but what about the actual numbers from the data? No, uh, no but uh, look, I didn't do anything wrong, even though I completely lied. I, my numbers could not have possibly been more wrong, but I said them, and I'm wearing a suit and tie, and I'm the very serious mainstream media. So uh, I'm not going to apologize. I love the way Trump handles it here says, yeah, are you going to, you know, Dr. Br- he goes, what does he know, right? Trump, it's not like Trump has all of the data right in front of him at any given moment. So he says, I don't think those numbers are right, Buster, but I don't know. Okay, I guess we'll go check them. Dr. Burke says, no, I've got them right here. The numbers are not right. He goes, oh yeah, you're fake news. This is why no one listens to you. That's why no one pays attention to you because you're the lying fake news. Why did I even think otherwise? And Dr. Burks is trying to be like the nice mom kind of there. She's like, okay, well, just maybe, you know, next time check the numbers. Trump is like, yeah, you're a liar and no one should ever pay attention to you again. And that's true of the entire mainstream media apparatus. I'll give you an example even of a kind of a silly story. I mean, it's not silly because it's sort of sad and it's sort of mysterious and it's getting darker by the moment. But, you know, it's not a story of national security or, or national importance. You remember when President Trump was talking about that drug hydroxychloroquine, which was showing a lot of promise to treat the coronavirus. And then there's this story where a woman and her husband drank the fish tank cleaner because one of the ingredients was chloroquine phosphate, which is not, obviously it's not the drug that was being used to treat coronavirus, but it had the word chloroquine in it. So they drink fish tank cleaner and the husband dies. And all of us at the time, we said, uh, something here doesn't sound right. But they portrayed it as, oh, Trump told us to take this drug and my, my husband died and I'm so distraught about it. Well, even that story, which was being pushed in the mainstream media as like Trump is responsible for this guy's death, turns out it's now being investigated as a murder. And the murderer in this case is not suspected to be President Trump. It's the wife, like a lot of us suggested in the first place. We'll get to the details of that in just one second because it's a pretty, pretty dark and mysterious story. But first, I got to thank our friends over at Bambi. You know, right now, during some economic tough times, companies need to make sure that their HR house is in order, seriously, especially with the regs changing by the hour, it seems. When running a business, HR issues can kill you. Wrongful termination suits, minimum wage requirements, labor regulations, and HR manager salaries are not cheap. Do you know the average HR manager in America makes 70 grand a year? Bambi, spelled B-A-M-B-E-E, was created specifically for your small business. You get a dedicated HR manager, you can craft HR policy and maintain your compliance, all for just... $15 
$99 a month. I know that seems unbelievable, too good. Uh, Bambi does it. They're amazing. With Bambi, you can change HR from your biggest liability to your biggest strength. Your dedicated HR manager is available by phone, email, or real-time chat. Absolutely important service right now. Bambi.com slash Michael. Go there right now to schedule your free HR audit. That's Bambi.com slash Michael. Bam to the B-E-E dot com slash Michael. Okay. You cannot afford the risk of not having your HR in order. So the story about the fish tank cleaner, a lot of us looked at it. We said, I don't, I don't think President Trump's responsible for this guy's death. I'm a little skeptical that this death was an accident to begin with. So now a homicide unit is investigating the death of this man. This is the Mesa City Police Department's Homicide Division investigating the death of Gary Lenius, who is the the Arizona man whose wife gave him a Coca-Cola or some kind of soft drink mixed with the fish tank cleaner that she said she did to save him from the coronavirus. Uh, A detective handling the case confirmed the Washington Free Beacon uh, that all of this is happening after speaking with uh, Lenius's wife, Wanda. You know, there's a story that came out after the, the death, which said that the Arizona man who died from drinking fish tank cleaner was known as a very intelligent man. And a lot of people on the internet, they said, I obviously wasn't that intelligent if he's drinking fish tank cleaner. But the, actually the point of that headline, the point of that story was something doesn't sit right. I think he was a mechanical engineer and was a pretty sharp guy. Apparently there was a troubled marriage. The wife was apparently vicious to him in public, according to multiple reports. So now this story, which was originally posed as Trump's loose mouth is causing people to die all around the country because his irresponsible words, he's got blood on his hands. Now the story is a woman possibly murdered her husband and then blamed Trump for it. Just like the mainstream media blamed Trump for every single thing. Do you think the mainstream media are going to cover that part of the story? No, it's just drive-by. It's just, you take the snipe at Trump, who cares if it's true or not? You take the snipe, you take out his national security advisor based on nothing, based on crook FBI agents. Okay, that's fine. We'll move on. Oh, he's going to get exonerated later. Well, no big deal. We're already going to be so far past that story that it's not going to matter at all. Don't forget the piece de resistance, the Joe Biden story. The Joe Biden, oh my gosh, the Kavanaugh allegations went on minute by minute, 24, seven, 24 hours a day, seven days a week for that whole hearing. And even afterward, Christine Blasey Ford, believe all women, Brett Kavanaugh, who's just some milk toast lawyer from DC is actually a gang rapist. He's probably part of MS 13 or something, right? Remember that? Believe we have to believe all women. And then after that story passes, no evidence, by the way, that Kavanaugh ever even met his accuser. She changed her story multiple times. No evidence. She couldn't tell us when the party was at the, which the incident took, allegedly took place. Couldn't tell us how many people were there, who was there, what date it was. Nothing. Nothing. The one friend who she said, yeah, she'll corroborate it. The friend said, no, I, this never happened. I don't, what are you talking about? Nothing there. And they were ready to prosecute Brett Kavanaugh for rape. Now we got Joe Biden, a former staffer who says that has a very specific complaint against him. We've got some evidence from at the time because her mother coincidentally called into a Larry King show to talk about this. She's got corroborating evidence at the time because she told a friend when it happened, what happened. None of that is being covered. And 
Hillary Clinton, who said we have to believe all women. She endorses him. Stacey Abrams, who said we need to believe all women. She endorses him. The founder of the Me Too movement just came out and endorsed Joe. More or less endorsed Joe with a bunch of mealy mouth words. Listen to this. This is unbelievable. So she, she's widely credited as being one of the founders of the movement, Tarana Burke. She said, my stance has never wavered. Survivors have a right to speak their truth and to be given a place to heal. Okay, so now, wait, hold on. I thought the Me Too movement was believe women who say that men raped them because they haven't been believed before. Now the stance is people who who experience sexual assault have a right to speak. They've always had a right to speak. They have a First Amendment. That's not, can't be what the Me Too movement is, but they're moving the goalposts. The inconvenient truth is that this story is impacting us differently because it hits at the heart of one of the most important elections in our lifetime. Oh, here we go. Every election, right? Every single election is the most important election in our lifetime, especially to the left. And I hate to disappoint you, but I don't really have easy answers. Yeah, you don't because if you followed the logic of your own position, you would have to obviously withdraw any endorsement from Joe Biden. And then here it is. I love this. This is the the logic. On the one hand, Tara Reid, the accuser, has been afforded the opportunity to speak her truth through mainstream media reporting on her claims and ongoing investigative journalism. She should have been able to come forward in a process when she was treated fairly in a trusted system. Instead, like other public survivors before her, she had to rely on journalists in order to be heard, precisely because the systems for survivors are not in place. So she's saying she's a survivor, implying that it is, it is an established fact that this woman survived a sexual assault. On the other hand, she writes, the defense of Joe Biden shouldn't rest on whether or not he's a good guy or our only hope. The defense of Joe Biden, meaning, look, he's the only Democratic candidate, so we have to defend him. Okay. Instead, he could demonstrate what it looks like to be both accountable and electable. All right. That's it. Words have no meaning anymore. Politics has no meaning anymore. It, he could demonstrate what it looks like to be accountable and electable. Accountable to what? Accountable to his crime. That's what she's saying. She's already established that the crime actually happened because Tara reads a survivor and she knows that she has to believe all women. So therefore, Joe Biden committed the crime, which is why he's got to be held accountable. But we can't just throw him overboard because this is the most important election in our lifetime. So he's also got to be electable. So now the head of the Me Too movement is saying we need to elect a rapist because, because he's a leftist and because words have no meaning and because I want to, says the Me Too movement. It would be difficult for her to be clearer in this point. The Me Too movement has gone from, we got to stop these terrible men and we got to believe all women to let's elect a rapist. By the way, you think that's going to get covered in the mainstream media? I don't think so. All news is fake. Some of it is true. What does that mean? Now, what that means is occasionally a true story or a true fact will make it through the mainstream media. 
but that is a uh, bug, not a feature of the system. <laughs> okay, that they're, they're, either the true story I'll get through because the editors didn't think it through, or because all of a sudden the truth will fit the narrative. The reason all news is fake is because it's not news. It does not exist to report the news. It does not care about the truth. It does not care about investigation and pursuing evidence and telling you what actually happened. That is not the point. And that has basically never been the point, but certainly now that is not the point of the mainstream media. The point of the mainstream media is to push a leftist narrative. It will ignore facts that are inconvenient. It will invent facts, whole fantasies, that will serve its purpose. I, I know that conservatives like to complain about this. I'm not complaining about this. I'm simply stating it as a, a fact. The mainstream media does not exist to tell you the news. The, the news is not the news. The news is a left-wing narrative. We don't need to whine and complain about that. We just need to know it and discard what they're saying, or at least discount what they're saying. Sometimes you can get pretty good information because there are good reporters there. And when it suits their narrative, you can get the good information. But beyond that, you need to question every single, not even question. You need to have a basic stance of disbelief for anything you are reading in the mainstream media. And then if it happens to be true, you can be pleasantly surprised, but you should never, ever, ever take anything in the mainstream media at face value, even when it's true, because when it happens to be true, you know that it is only being reported to you because that truth happens to serve the leftist agenda. Beyond all of this fake news, on another aspect of corruption in our government, we're getting massive government overreach because of this coronavirus. You know about the governors and the mayors that we've been reporting on, but it's going on with some of the cops too. There's a video that just came out from some cops in Wisconsin accosting a mother, showing up at her door and harassing her because she let her kid play with a neighbor kid down the street. Hi, Amy. Hi. I'm Deputy Everhart with the Sheriff's Department. So are you aware that we're in a stay-at-home order right now? Uh, yeah, obviously. By the government? Yes, I Wisconsin. am aware. Okay, you're aware of that? I am aware. So I don't need to explain that to you? No, you don't need to explain okay, that to I me. Okay, I can if you need me to. Go, you, can, you can, because your officer was just here two weeks ago. Okay, do you need me to explain And he explained it to me that you guys weren't enforcing that order. Oh, we're about to. So okay. you understand it, though? Okay, so why are you here? Because your daughter is going to play at other people's home, and you're allowing it to happen. They were over here as well, so... Okay. Are you and here? They've been, and they've been talked to okay. about it. So now I I'm understand. You, okay. And so either you can acknowledge it or you can argue. I'm, a, I'm acknowledging it. Okay. Stop having your kid go by other people's home. Okay. I acknowledge it. Anything Good. else? Nope. That was it. Apparently there was some other. I acknowledged it. I, I acknowledged okay. it. Good. Okay. Anything else? Um, All right. This punk cop needs to get a new job. All right. <laughs> I, you will never find a bigger defender of cops than me. Okay. I got got friends who are cops. They have a very difficult job. They keep order. They keep us safe. But some punks overstep their bounds and they like to flex their power. And this guy would appear to be one of them. The way he's speaking to this woman, uh, do you know what you're doing? Do you know what you're doing? Excuse me. Excuse me. Do you know what you're doing? You're letting your daughter play with her friend. Uh, this is America. You can't let your daughter play with her friend. Excuse me. Excuse me. Have you, uh, do you understand what I'm telling you? Like, shut up, dude. Give me a freaking break. And that, by the way, that's not it. I love that this woman recorded it. I love that this woman posted this on the internet. I hope that I was wishing the whole time I'm watching, I'm like, it's saying, is this a hoax? Is this really happening in the United States of America? 
But that wasn't the end of it. She goes, yes, I've understood the absolutely idiotic things you're telling me, officer. Because, because by the way, when we think of the epicenter of the coronavirus, we think of Wisconsin, right? We think of the middle of nowhere. You can see the woods all over Wisconsin. That's where it's happening, right? Not in the big cities like New York or anything like that. This is, by the way, what, what are we in, the fifth or sixth week into this? When we were told initially 2 million, 4 million Americans are going to die, now that number has been reduced by well over an order of magnitude. And yet, as the virus seems less virulent day by day, the enforcement mechanisms of the state get more and more intense. They double down on their power grab. That wasn't even the end of it. She says, can I go now? Are we good? And this other woman says, absolutely not. We're going to put your name in a report and we're going to make sure that you never let your daughter play with another kid again. Yeah, I need your um, last name. Amy, what's your last name? I'm not, do you, is there a reason you're asking for I'm it? I'm adding you to the screen so we can document that we had contact with you. Is there a reason for it? Yep, because you're that's violating I, that's the state order, which about. is a... If you let me finish, that's what I'm explaining to you. Because you're violating an order... I haven't gonna, violated an order. We're going to have documentation in our screen with your name because we're here talking to you about that, that you said you just acknowledged. Okay. So then there's documentation. I would like to see the law that requires me to give you that information. Oh, I love this woman. I want this woman to run for governor. She's so good how she's handling them. Because by the way, the cops there, they don't have an answer for it. They, oh, what, the law? What's the law? I never heard of that thing. The law, how do you spell that? L-A-A-W. Okay, I got to look that. I'm going to Google that when I get home. Initially, the woman goes, yeah, I need your name. So vindictive. Yeah, I need your name. And the, and the woman says, uh, why do you need my name? And then the cop says, I, I, if you let me finish, I'm telling you. No, you didn't. You're not explaining anything. You're, you just asked for her name and the woman asked you a question why and then you got even more aggressive. And then she finally, here's the kicker. She says, show me the law where I'm, I have to do this. Show me the law where it, I'm not allowed to let, let my daughter play with another kid. And the cop, d- totally dumbfounded. Both of them. What a disgrace. What a disgraceful interaction we just saw. It's going on all over the country. Enough, enough of this. Gavin Newsom, Daddy Newsom, the governor of California. You know, he's he's been lightening up a little bit on how to open up California. He says, okay, all right, now that obviously all of our models and predictions were wrong and there's a lot of evidence that the lockdown isn't helping anybody at all and, uh, and, and now that we've listened to Huey Lewis in the news, we're going to start slowly opening up California. So we're going to open up retail shops and schools and daycare, but we're not going to open up churches for months. Fine. Whatever, dude. Whatever. Just open it up, right? No. Now he's making good on a threat that he made a few days ago. He said, listen, if you're not all good little boys and girls, I'm not going to let you go to the beach this weekend. And we said, please, Daddy Newsom, please let us go to the beach. We'll be good little formerly free Americans. And he said, no. Well, he's making good on that. A source uh, close to Fox LA it just reported that California will be closing all the beaches, even the ones that they'd started to open this weekend, because Governor Newsom is very upset that we weren't all good little boys and girls last weekend. And some people showed up to the beach and they didn't stay far enough apart. The more the evidence cuts against this hysterical alarmist narrative, the more the power grabbers are going to double down. Very sad situation. How has it happened? In large part, it's happened because we have been hypnotized by the fake news media, because we believe mistakenly that 
the mainstream media are reporting the news. They're not. They are a propaganda apparatus for power-hungry idiots, whether they're in the federal bureaucracy or whether they're in the state house in California or whether there's some two-bit cops in Wisconsin screaming at a woman and intimidating her because she let her little daughter play with her friend. Enough of that. It's over. Forget the whole narrative, okay? Especially now that the scientific data are actually contradicting these alarmists, sometimes in the pages of the New York Times itself. Okay, enough of that. I, you know, tonight, Stephen Crowder is going to be doing a special on coronavirus, and he will be using his uh, typical flair to be presenting the evidence for, for these lockdowns and the evidence against it, and the evidence against giving away so many of our political rights. I sat down and chatted with Mr. Crowder just a few days ago. We'll get to that in a second. Uh, first though, you've got to go to dailywire.com slash subscribe. You got to become an insider plus or all access member. When you do that right now, you get the leftist ears tumbler. That's very important, right? Yeah. What if I told you, you get another leftist ears tumbler. That's right. Not just one, you get two. You thought one would, that'd be good. That'd be good enough. But two, that is, I think approximately double as good. So head on over to dailywire.com, especially, you know, if you're watching Crowder's stream tonight, you're going to obviously be smoking a stogie and ashing it into the, the ladder with Crowder ashtray, which is a very good high quality ashtray. So you're going to want to drink something while you're doing that. Do it with your leftist ears tumbler. And right now you get an additional 10% off with coupon code Knowles, dailywire.com, coupon code, coupon code, coupon code Knowles. Uh, go to dailywire.com. We'll be right back with Stephen Crowder and the mailbag. All right. I sat down with Steven Crowder before his big coronavirus stream tonight. Here's what he had to say. It's the mob. And I'm not saying that all of these people are Nazis, okay? I want to be really clear. But when people say, how could that ever happen? How could a group of people ever be so vilified that people were willing to snitch on them and turn them into the SS? Well, I don't know. How could someone call the authorities to send men with guns after a mom for swinging her child in the yeah. park? We've yeah, reached that point. all over the country, too. Yeah. It's, uh, so all these, these snitch lines, you know, de Blasio has one, which some of my listeners sent some lovely photographs to. I think uh, other people did as well. Yes. Uh, you had this in, in Laredo, Texas. You had this in California. So you have all these snitch lines now. I, I remember when I saw the headline about the contact tracing, it said, Apple and Google team up. And I didn't even finish the headline. I saw Apple and Google team up. I said, get the go bag. Get the car ready. We're getting the hell out of Dodge. Yes, exactly. (laughs) People were preparing for like some kind of an EMT attack or something when you watch Preppers. And you're like, no, no. It was just Tim Cook and Zuckerberg having a cocktail hour. And all of a sudden, all of our information is public and our rights are are, are gone. Do you realize people, it's, it's the dark night. Right with Morgan yeah. Freeman saying you couldn't go this far with Christian Bale. Sorry, Bruce Wayne. I'm getting my I'm getting names and characters mixed up, the <laughs> fictional and the reality. But he said, "Listen, this is this is the nanny state. We can't be doing this." Um, we're at this point where people are demanding it, and so even yeah. if this government doesn't acquiesce to it, the next government can. 
Once you have that data, who believes that who believes that Apple and Facebook are going to destroy it? That's how they make money. That's how they track you down like Mrs. Pac-Man with advertisements for you every time you log in. You think they're all of a sudden going to just light it in a house fire after this? It is so terrifying to me that people are not only giving up civil rights with sort of a give and take, they're demanding that they be taken away from them. And it's crazy to me to see some of these conservatives out there who've, who, who are still demanding it. Well, that's the trouble. They're still demanding it. I get it. I'm willing to admit the states have a police power in times of war, sure. in times of plague, right? That Even the federal government has that power. So I get it. But now we have the data. The whole point of the lockdowns was don't overwhelm the hospital system and try to drag this thing out until we have a vaccine. We're not going to get a vaccine within a year. And the hospital system is not overwhelmed. All right. those in Javits Center, all that is is empty. So now there is no argument for the lockdowns. And yet now you still have even conservatives saying we need to prolong it. Were you surprised at how fast the conservatives rolled over? Uh, some no, some yes. Yeah. Some Ooh. no, some yes. I mean, you know, I, I was pretty flippant about it. And at one point I remember behind the scenes going like, uh, I don't know, is this going to be worse? And I said, you know what? I'm not I, wrong. Yeah. I'm already in this now. Um, <laughs> so I just had to keep going with it. You know, I had my doctor on, I had my personal physician on and we did some bits and it was kind of funny, but he talked about, I mean, early, early on, I told people, listen, I don't know why they're saying don't wear masks. I think it's because they need them for healthcare workers, but here's how you can make a mask at home. And by the way, I got that information from an article that was highlighted by the CDC years ago. So I was right. saying they're telling you not to wear masks. If you wear a mask and it's 70% effective in filtering as you breathe in the air, and it's almost 100% effective in making sure that your airborne droplets don't make it out, well, I like those odds. I don't know why people are still trusting the medical establishment like these conservatives when they've been doing a flip-flop. I mean, they said, don't wear masks. They said it couldn't be uh, transmitted from human to human contact, the World Health Organization. Listen, YouTube and Facebook, they're saying we're going to remove anything that doesn't, uh, that, that isn't in line, right? That isn't congruent with the World Health Organization standards. But hold on a second. What if they're wrong? Like when they said no human to human <laughs> contact. Like, first off, does it even require a scientist? Does it even require a scientist to know that if it, if a virus exists, you probably shouldn't be grabbing people's faces? Like, I read it back then going, okay, even if this is severe, and I didn't think it was going to be, you shouldn't yeah. be licking people's neck. Right, of course. They just, it's this bizarre thing where even the conservatives now are trusting governments that are changing their mind within five minutes. It, it's actually like 1984 to me. The mask thing was the best one because it was the Surgeon General tweets out, he goes, stop buying masks, multiple exclamation points. Right. Then the next day, buy masks, right? Yeah. It's like, o Oceania has always been at war with East Asia. Oceania, right? right. <laughs> like totally Orwellian. Yeah. And yet we're still trusting it. And amidst all of this, you've got the crazy coronavirus stuff. Uh, this is how whipped up into a frenzy we are, is that a few days ago, the U.S. government came out and admitted, acknowledged, to my knowledge for the first time ever, that there are UFOs, yeah. that there are actual unidentified flying objects. And do you know what the reaction of most people was? Eh, whatever. Yeah. Let's keep talking about how orange I guess that. Tom from Blink-182 needed a win. You know? <laughs> and I, you know what? Frankly, I still think he's an idiot. He makes a very good point. He'll get into that much more. Probably not the UFOs as much, but he will get into coronavirus much more tonight. So go check that one out. Let's get to the mailbag from Robbie. In your opinion, who is the greater threat to the United States, Russia or China? China. It's, that's very easy. People who say Russia 
are the same people who cheered on the rise of China and said that China should go join the World Trade Organization and who turned a blind eye to China stealing our intellectual property and illegally subsidizing its steel and aluminum and uh, playing games with its own currency. And people who, who believed in a world order that is not coming to fruition like they promised us and which is breaking down all around us. I think of the, the Russia answer on that is kind of like that Mitt Romney energy. You know, it's just, it's so unimaginative. It's caught up in this worldview that just day by day seems less and less connected with reality. Whereas the, the real threat, which has been right in front of our nose for 20 years is China. From Anthony. Hey, Michael, I'm a recent high school grad from Philadelphia and a recent Daily Wire subscriber. Lately, I've been thinking back on some of my history classes in school and how many of them took such a far left-wing approach to most of the lessons. Without going into too much detail, some of these lessons were misleading or just flat-out lies as to how things really were and the effect they had on our country. So it got me thinking about how might future generations be taught about the Trump presidency in school, especially when compared to past presidents. Will they be taught the truth? Will it be something similar to how the media portrays President Trump or a mixture of both? No, it will be a left-wing perspective. That is what happens in schools. That is the purpose of schools. That is why, you know, it used to be you went to school from first grade to 12th grade, and then very small number of people went to college, and that was it. And then you got out into the world. And then they added kindergarten, and then they added basically you've, you've got to go to college, right? They've said that college is a human right and everyone's got to go to college even if you take out a lot of loans to do it and even if you don't get a decent education for it and even if you're never going to be able to pay back those loans because you don't get a good job. So then they extend college out that way. Now you basically have to go to pre-K. I never went to pre-K, but that seems like, I, I know people whose kids are like two years old and they go to pre-K now, pre-pre-pre-K. Uh, so they just keep extending that out because it gives the, the state and it gives the left-wing culture more of an opportunity to teach their own uh, highly dubious view of the world. So that is pretty much always going to be the case, certainly as long as the left controls the culture, which isn't going to change anytime soon. I do think though there is an advantage here for some conservatives, which is when you're taught all of this stuff, in school for 12 years or 13 years or 20 years or however long you're in school, you know the left-wing argument very well. And so when you know the conservative argument as well, you're in a much better position to make your points. And I mean, even forget about interpersonal debate, even just to understand what you think, because you've got all the best arguments from the left, and then you can on your own, accumulate the arguments from the right, and you can weigh them and see which ones are better. The left does not have that opportunity. Uh, the left knows what they know, right? They know the left-wing point of view. Most of them have never encountered the right-wing point of view. They have no idea what we believe. They think that you're pro-life because you hate women. They think that you define marriage in the way that everyone has always defined marriage, more or less, because you hate homosexuals. They, they, they just don't get it, right? They think that you voted for Trump because you're, you, you might seem like a polite person on the outside, but secretly you're this bigoted monster or whatever. Uh, they just don't understand. And so it gives you a real, real competitive advantage in all of that uh, in terms of discovering the truth for yourself and arguing your points. From Fleur, what a great name. Dear Michael, you said you believed work is intrinsic to human nature. I am inclined to agree with you and the biblical account of this is found in Genesis that you put forth. However, the ancient Greeks proposed that man's purpose was leisure. Their word for leisure was skol. Am I pronouncing that correctly? I hope so. Which gives us words like school and scholar. They believed that by learning, 
they would fulfill their concept of leisure and ultimately reach perfect happiness, eudaimonia. What are your thoughts on this? Pox et bonum. Uh, yeah, there's, there's quite a lot to be gained from this. I mean, I don't, I don't think that those two things are incompatible. I'm not saying that the entire purpose or, or even the primary purpose of life is for us to grind ourselves into the dust and make a bunch of widgets. I don't think that at all. I think we are made to work. Part of what we are here to do is to work. That is a part of our human nature. But of course, there are higher things as well. Uh, one thing to be careful of here, though, is that the Greek, the ancient Greek conception of leisure is not the way that we think of leisure today. When we think of leisure, we think of just kind of vegging out on the couch and watching Tiger King. That is certainly not what Aristotle was thinking of. Uh, that idea of leisure is not, is not like downtime. That idea of leisure is using your mind for the higher pursuits that are good in and of themselves. And of course that's true. I mean, I, I think, and I break with a lot of people on the right these days when I say this, but that this is why liberal arts education is so important to not just conservatives, but to, to anybody who wants to be a free person, because the liberal arts are, are the arts that uh, allow us to make sense of our freedom and to earn our freedom. And, you know, the idea is contrary to the liberal narrative, uh, what happens in reality is you are not born a free individual in a state of nature to, and, you know, then society shackles you. It's actually the opposite. You're born a slave. You are born a slave to your passions, a slave to your appetites and desires. And you have to steadily discipline yourself to earn and make sense of your freedom so that when you're older, you can be a free man. And certainly the leisure, the skull, the, the scholarship, all the stuff that the ancient Greeks are talking about, uh, that is the way to do that. So I think those two go hand in hand. And, and also the idea of making sense of our freedom is not that it's just some disconnected, abstract idea that we can think about merely from our ivory towers, but it's something that we actually have to put into practice in the habits every day in the way that we live our lives here with this body on this earth day by day. From Christina, my husband is still working and we really don't need our stimulus check. Should I return it to the government or give it to folks who really need it? Yeah, you should give it to folks who really need it. You should certainly not give it to the government. <laughs> they will squander it. They won't notice it. It won't, it won't do any good. They will waste it. You will use your money better than the federal government when it comes to your stimulus check, I promise you. So you want to give it to charity or, or maybe even better, just give it to a friend or, or somebody you know of, a friend of a friend uh, who, who could use it. That'd be a great use of your check. From Patrick, dear Mr. Future Successor to Kim Jong-un, I've listened to every episode of yours since day one and finally jumped aboard the USS Daily Wire. Shout out promo code Knowles. Oh, thank you very much. That's very kind. My question is, why is there such a divide in opinion? between the Twitter world and the real world. Over the past year, you would have thought Beto, Kamala, and Warren were all shoo-ins for the nomination at various times if you only looked at Twitter. However, their support in public polling was never really significant at all. It came from Ben, paid for Michael. Yeah, this is something that even many conservatives forget and certainly people who are on Twitter all the time. Twitter is not the real world. Okay, my grandmother barely knows what Twitter is. She does, she actually does know because, because of Trump, but you know, my grandmother doesn't log on to Twitter and tweet all day. Um, most people are not on Twitter. The, the reason that Twitter matters is because all the journos are on Twitter. So all of the people who write the, the whole mainstream media and the whole popular culture in Hollywood, they're all on Twitter. So we, it has this outsized influence or it, it appears to have this outsized influence. I think of it like the daily show with Jon Stewart. When Jon Stewart came on the air with the daily show, you know, now decades ago, 
it was considered the most important, biggest show in the country. Everyone talked about the influence Jon Stewart was having, but very few people actually watched the show. The thing is, all of the journalists who were writing the news stories watched the quote unquote news stories, watched the show. And so that became the narrative. That's what's going on with Twitter. But yeah, if you're basing your vision of the world on Twitter, that is not going to be a good vision because the people who are on it disproportionately are living in a world of ideology that has been abstracted from and is separate from reality. And so uh, very often they're the least reliable people to tell you what's really going on. From Austin, dear Mr. Knowles, I'm part of a of the Came for Ben, Stayed for Knowles crew. I'm in a serious relationship and we're planning on getting married. I had a conversation with her about Catholicism and she was somewhat antagonistic toward the idea of following the institution. She is a Christian, but had had bad experience with Catholicism specifically as a child herself. She argued we be Christians, meaning Protestant, and raise a family following Christ, but outside the Catholic church. I did not have a good response as I'm still coming back into the faith. I am wanting to become closer to my faith as a Catholic, but I'm not sure if this is something I should be overly concerned about with regards to her. We align on all the other issues. Any advice you could offer would be appreciated. Thank you. Yes, uh, this is a tough answer, but you asked a tough question. You cannot do that. You cannot be a Catholic and then uh, not be a Catholic. <laughs> you know, you can, I mean, it, it, this is sometimes hard for Protestants to understand because the idea of Protestantism is it's you know, it's a little bit looser when it comes to these institutional rigid requirements. The idea is you could start in one denomination, move to another denomination, shop for a church, go to a different church. Uh, you can't do that with Catholicism. The, the, uh, the, the big differentiating factor here is the sacraments, right? The Catholic Church claims apostolic succession, traces it back to Peter, administers the sacraments, which it believes are really and truly the coming together of heaven and earth. Most precisely in, in the Eucharist, right? Which is a different understanding of what the Eucharist is than what Protest Protestants believe, broadly speaking, that it is a symbol of Christ. And Catholics believe it is literally the body and blood of Christ. And so you cannot absent yourself from that. You cannot ex excommunicate yourself from the that sacrament. Uh, also, it, just as a practical matter, if you try to get married, it, it is not permitted for Catholics to not be married in the Catholic Church, and if you do try to get married in the Catholic Church to a Protestant, which is totally possible, it's very easy to, to get a bishop to sign off on that, you have to promise to raise the kids Catholic. And you probably don't want to start off your marriage with a lie if that's not going to be what you do. So I don't, I don't think you should be harsh about this or mean about this, or say, but you do need to explain it to your fiancé because a lot of people just don't know about it. A lot of Catholics don't even know about it. So that's important. One bit here, though, that might help you is, regardless of the, the Protestant denomination that your fiance is a member of, it tends to be among conservatives here that Protestant, Catholic, everyone alike will say that the man should have a sort of leadership role in the household, certainly spiritually. And so that might be one way to say, listen, if, we, if we're really going to be conservative and traditional and biblical here, then uh, maybe we should go with my version of Christianity uh, rather than your version. It, it, it might get you slapped in the face if you make that argument too, but it is, uh, that's the Genesis 3 argument for, for this sort of thing. Really what you should do is obviously talk this out. Faith is a very important thing. doesn't sound like you're totally far apart here, but that is a sticking point. And I think even if you don't come to an agreement on it, which would be a sad conclusion, even if you don't, you should at least explain what that sticking point is and why it matters. From Joshua, do you think another round of payments directly to Americans are warranted at this point? Speaking as someone who had a salary reduction 
and would receive a check, I still think it's a mistake in the long run with our debt. Yeah, it is a mistake. We shouldn't get people accustomed to universal basic income. That was a little band-aid during the peak of this insane, unprecedented event. Uh, but that's not a solution. It's not a solution for just the government to print more money and give it to people and pretend that that's going to solve these problems. It, it is not. We need to reopen the country. From John, last question. Mr. Knowles, is there a defensible reason to explain the disparity of news coverage between the accusers of Kavanaugh and Biden? Assuming there is none, how can this be used to expose the charade of the left to the whole world if we don't have mainstream media on the side of truth? Thanks. Wow, that was a providential final question because... The reason is that all news is fake news. Some of it is true, but all of it is fake. So when it serves the left's interest to say something true, they will, and we, and conservatives get really excited about that, but it doesn't change the underlying fact of what the news media, the mainstream news media are in the United States, which is uh, fake news. And is there something to help us get back to the side of truth? Yeah, be aware of that fact and, you know, check your sources and read other stuff. All right, that's our show. And watch this show, by the way. (laughs) Okay, have a good weekend. Uh, I will be doing an all-access show later tonight, so uh, if you're an all-access member, I think right now we're still doing it for all of the members, um, though we're only going to do that one or two more times. So if you're there, I will see you tonight. In the meantime, I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. If you enjoyed this episode, and frankly, even if you didn't, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Ben Shapiro Show, The Andrew Klavan Show, and The Matt Walsh Show. The Michael Knowles Show is produced by Ben Davies and directed by Mike Joyner. Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. Supervising producers, Mathis Glover and Robert Sterling. Technical producer, Austin Stevens. Assistant director, Pavel Widowski. Editor and associate producer, Danny D'Amico. Audio mixer, Robin Fenderson. Hair and makeup, Nika Geneva. Production assistant, Ryan Love. The Michael Knowles Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2020. Hey everyone, it's Andrew Clavin, host of The Andrew Clavin Show. The dam of media silence on Joe Biden and Michael Flynn is beginning to spring some leaks. But now that we know just how corrupt the press is, how do we trust their information about the Chinese flu? Plus, we've got China expert Stephen Mosher, a harrowing interview on The Andrew Clavin Show.